Welcome to the Menstruality Podcast, where we share inspiring conversations about the power of menstrual cycle awareness and conscious menopause. This podcast is brought to you by Red School, where we're training the menstruality leaders of the future. I'm your host, Sophie Jane Hardy, and I'll be joined often by Red School's founders, Alexandra and Shani, as well as an inspiring group of pioneers, activists, changemakers, and creatives to explore how you can unashamedly claim the power of the menstrual cycle to activate your unique form of leadership for yourself, your community, and the world. Today, we're carrying on a conversation about the initiatory power of menopause, which we've been having with Shamali Ada, the founder of Awakening Women, for many years since the beginning of her menopause process. Last year, she emerged from her challenging journey of descent and is sharing the fruits today of her brutal yet beautiful menopause underworld journey, which included divorce a real transformation of her calling and sense of purpose and the death of her son. In the podcast page at redschool.net, I'll drop in the links to the previous conversations and Alexandra has referred to them as mind-blowing. And a little bit more about Shamali. Shamali Ada is a yogini, a mystic, a goddess wisdom keeper, and her work is rooted in earth-honoring, devotional women's spirituality and goddess-centered tantric yoga. One of the things I most love about Shamali is her gift for storytelling and her ability to bring ancient myths alive for our modern world. And I've actually been studying and practicing with Shamali for over a decade now in her women's circle trainings, which are called Women's Temple, and her online goddess sadness. So just forgive me for my fangirling during this conversation. I hope you enjoy it, how menopause initiates us into our truth with Shamali Ada. So Shamali, I think you know how much I love you. And I use that <laughs> word genuinely. Knowing you has has completely changed the trajectory of my life. Mm. It's wonderful to be sitting here with you. I feel so lucky. <laughs> I wanted to start the conversation by saying that I actually had a dream with you last night. Yes, tell me. <laughs> is that is that creepy or is it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slash, creepy slash mystical? Yes. <laughs> we were in a, a festival inside a tent with other there were other women there. And the thing that really moved me is we were all holding each other with really gentle touch, like in your women's temple experiences. And I could really feel it in my dream, that oxytocin sensation of just settling into my body with other women. And it was just lovely to be with you. Mm. And I've had that atmosphere with me all day of like this women's temple experience. And so perhaps that can be the atmosphere for our conversation. Yes, yes. Yeah, but really just thank you, thank you, Shamali. Thank you for everything you've taught me and thank you for being here with with all of us who are listening today. Mm -hmm. Deeply received, Sophie, deeply received. You started a really beautiful conversation with Alexandra about menopause, I think three or four years ago, um, which I'll drop a link to in the webpage for this podcast. Mm 
And then you carried on the conversation in our Wise Power retreat last year when we were launching the Wise Power book. And I was listening to that conversation again today. And in it, you talked about how you felt that you were coming out of the descent of your menopause process. And you were kind of longing for um, a ceremony to mark this this coming out moment and or, or rising up moment. And one of the things you said was you, that you were starting to see colours again, which I thought was so, it's so evocative. And also that you could kind of sense this liberation and sovereignty and power that people speak of post-menopause, but that you weren't in it yet, that you were in a, another phase. So I'm curious to hear how you are a year on and how how's your process unfolding? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. What I experienced when I started to come out of kind of the underworld part, the kind of dismantling part, the facing all the exiled parts, the whole reckoning, uh, kind of brutal and beautiful falling apart, uh, the kind of my relationship to dark goddess is one of immense love that she's, she's devouring all structures that is too small for me that has served have served me uh, in different periods of my life but then then event eventually becomes too small and too tight and kind of predictable and becomes like a prison um and she powers all of that and it, i can kick and scream and protest and want to cling on to the familiar but ultimately what she you know the the part of us that has the bigger vision of our evolution she knows what's waiting she knows she's so dedicated and committed to my freedom for real like my like she serves the the the, the deepest longing of my soul to incarnate in truth to to allow soul source to 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 have as much space in this human body and life as possible and in, inevitably that is like becomes like a fire that that runs through that will burn down all of kind of comfortable identities and masks and roles that that are just too small and so uh, coming out of that phase it was a sense you know of course a very kind of vulnerable period it was this sense of like taking wobbly steps into the new and what is here now and then um and it was not like um instant kind of oh i'm out now it's new start it wasn't like that at all it was a lot of i came out quite bruised and yeah very humbled and very um one can say a new yeah the vulnerability was almost like insecurity but in a very kind of it was like a new innocence and simplicity and kind of learning to walk again it was this sense of like okay how how do I do it now and part of that process that I've been in the last year has also to reckon with looking around me and see everything that I built from the old me yeah so it was like as if I was still living within the house that old me had built with great gusto. <laughs> so 
so the last year has also has to once I come in contact with 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 that really intimate deeper truth of what really matters and for me I came into such a simplicity and such a dedication to parts of myself that now it's that had been kind of pushed aside while I was building up these personas to function in life now these parts kind of got center stage and kind of now it's now it's their turn to live and to be centered and prioritized and then I looked around and I just saw quite a monstrous house that I had been building so I've I've had to do quite quite hard work then once I know the truth you can't continue the old way but it doesn't mean that it's like comfortable to do the work of then starting to say no starting to set boundaries starting to say no Shamli doesn't do that anymore and disappoint people and like breaking contracts that really worked for a lot of people <laughs> and worked for old me, but it doesn't work for new me. So it's just been a quite a kind of nitty gritty work of changing structures around me so that I am coming into an, an alignment also in terms of my schedule, in terms of my priorities, in terms of my commitments and when I have that kind of guiding light within me, you know, that kind of undeniable connection to my deep desire and and kind of that simplicity of what I love and what I'm here for, it becomes like a ruthless spotlight onto anything that is not that. Mm. And it sometimes I, and it's in this kind of, it's in this place where, Old me would have said yes, because it's just more comfortable to say yes and then please others. And now I couldn't do that any longer. And I had to start to say no. And it was not comfortable for me. It was like, it brought up a lot of anxiety, a lot of physical nervous system activation. And I started to learn that when I started to feel really kind of in, intense in my body, and it was actually a signal that yes, this is the right path. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like this old me would think that oh this is a signal that I should just kind of make it nice again and then everything is nice and everything ah oh, I feel good in my body but it was a it was a a calm that was built upon self-sacrifice actually for me and self-sacrifice is for me such a powerful word because it is a vibration that goes through my mother line in my mother my grandmother my grand like I'm I'm breaking a, a contract that has been going on for a long time mm. around creating peace and nice life based on women's self-sacrifice. And that is not possible anymore. So now I'm just doing the hard work of saying no, feeling my anxiety, feeling my uh, breaking, oh, I'm breaking big contracts. But every time I do, you know, there it's, it just gets easier and easier. So now one year later, I actually feel, I, I'm waking every day in such a peace within me. It's like it's such a I'm back in integrity with me and what I what I'm here to do and live. And it feels very simple, very I I live now in the in the garden that I've created this last year of doing lots and lots and lots and lots of difficult choices. And now I'm just walking around, just ah. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> wow. Every day I go like, wow, there's no problem. Wow. There's <laughs> peace. <laughs> wow, the war is over. <laughs> and also actually noticing like a hypervigilance, like because my body has for so long been in crisis mode. So I'm also holding that, just like oh, telling these parts of me that the war is over. The war is over. It's actually good. So long answer. <laughs> wow, it's fascinating. The word peace, you said so many times. And I'm thinking of how, you know, through all my years of being with you and in your work, peace in the world has been such a huge theme for you. Like in all the retreats we've done, you know, it's an offering. Our practice has been an offering to create peace in the world. And then there was the part of you that was people pleasing to create peace for others. And now you've done this work to actually create peace inside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a real beautiful spiral and, and the kind of completion of a, of a circle there. That's very moving for me to hear. And I'm so happy for you. Yes. Yeah. And it's a spiral. Yeah. It's spiral. And I don't think it's over. It's just that, you know, I'm visiting deeper layers of this self-sacrifice that I was not aware of. Like you can see how it's humbling to see how thick denial can be, because even I, who have been dedicated my dedicated my whole adult life, you know, awakening consciousness and weaving all the exile parts home, there was parts of me that was so hidden. And it was that kind of identity of serving, which is part of my purpose here in life. It really is. You know, it's just a nuance of it that can be used by these roles, this me- these roles that we learn very early in life that, oh, I can be worthy if I serve others. Yeah. Yeah. I hear this time and time again, because I'm lucky to be speaking to so many women in this process or on the other side. I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. And what I keep hearing is just no stone is left unturned. Anything mm-hmm. isn't truth is is shown and so I'm curious to hear how to ask this question like how did you see those parts what what was it that awakened in you were there specific patterns in certain relationships or it has happened many times uh throughout many years where I I go into my generosity and I do all the things and I give and then something happened in the way other people treat me that all of a sudden kind of snaps the trance and it's like a like I and I fall down in kind of devastation it's like it's as if I'm kind of in a make-believe world where I oh if I'm just generous then you know everything is going to work and then all of a sudden other people don't act in the way that that part of me expect and then it falls apart and then um, I, I remember a particular part, like during the pandemic, I went into kind of, I put on a, a super Superman cape and just set out to kind of save everybody from this isolation. And we built this wisdom school and I never worked so hard in my whole life. And it was a sense of serving, but it was also a trauma response. It was a, a way that I went into one of my roles. I'm like, I can save the day. Yeah, I can do this. And 
then it became so it took over in such an extent that it kind of burned itself out. Um, and it was one particular time where I was with my team. I had been up all night doing kind of work that because we were all doing everything for the first time. Yeah. So I also were doing their work. And then I was going to also create, do my work, yeah, create content and teach. And I was like just doing every all the things. And then something happened with my team where I just realized that they had other priorities or there was something like that snapped for me where I, I just fell apart. And it was this sense of the trance just broke for me. And instead of being in the coping, I was, you know, falling into actually what was fueling that coping, you know, which was like really deep, deep, deep um, falling apart. And instead of coping, I fell apart and I had support to really fall apart. And at certain points, I couldn't even function. It was just such a, I was, yeah, I had to meet parts of myself that was so not what I would identify myself. You know, I'm, I identify myself as a woman who loves life. Here I had to meet shadow parts that like parts of me that was suicidal when I was a child. Like I had to, that was left behind in my identity of loving life. <laughs> uh, I identify as someone who trusts the goddess and I had to meet shadow parts of me that was like in complete mistrust and felt completely betrayed by goddess, by all the things that she took from me. Uh, I had done, you know, it was like this kind of work uh, and to actually feel and meet these parts was what was needed for me to land an even deeper intimacy with goddess and with my own power and with my own self. Um, so it was like, it was a perfect storm for me. Yeah? It was the menopause, pandemic, divorce, my uh, son died. Like every, a lot of main relationships changed form. It was a perfect storm where all of this that had worked well for me just was ripped away. And uh, so then I went into that part of the Inanna journey where the goddess go down in the underworld. And I met this part where it's no longer a choice. There's no longer voluntary. It's just like my path has been, my whole life has been to turn towards the shadow and integrate. So I have been doing that, doing that, doing that. And then it's almost like I I have done my part as far as I could. And then I was swept into an orbit mm. where I no longer was me doing it. Something else took over. And it was a sense of me you know, reaching to, to the, you know, into the dark, into the shadows. And then all of a sudden something started to reach for me. Mm. And, you know, that was a deeper understanding of that devouring, loving, the, 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 the devouring love <laughs> of the goddess where, where there was a, not even a feeling of trust, but there was a sense of just, being in a whirlwind, swirl, swirling down, just not knowing if I would survive, literally. Mm. So it was, and then something else started to come, meeting me, reaching me, holding me, which was, yeah, just the, 
the greatest blessing of my life, really. Mm. <laughs> you know, you've you've guided all of us through initiatory processes a lot. And as I'm hearing you speak, it sounds like this was a new kind of initiation or a new a new piece of the initiatory process that you hadn't encountered before. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, it's so accurate to speak about it in spirals, yeah, because we're visiting the same places and you can kind of integrate and see and phase and, you know, accept parts, embrace parts. But I discovered that there was even even deeper roots that can be healed mm. if we're willing to go there or if we if we are able to go there i have always been willing but i just saw that there was um my sense is that oh, that my practice for for three, you know for more than 30 years in my whole life has been spiritual practice and it feels as if all of that has created enough compassion and safety within me. It was like almost like I created a cozy, enough cozy, enough warmth, enough accepting room inside me. And that is what needed for the roots to be revealed and healed. Mm. Mm. So that is what I come out of this with. Like my teaching now is just, if I can say one thing is to, to cultivate compassion towards ourselves is not an optional thing. It's not a feeling we sometimes have. It's essential in our path because we're going to meet parts of ourselves that are so intolerable to us. Uh, it's a reason why they are hiding. Mm. Because we speak about, oh, I want to embrace all parts of myself. But what that actually means is that we meet parts of us that are that are really not what we want to, where we want to go. And um, and that's where that compassion comes in. And that's what heals. Yeah. It's the and it's compassion is not really something that I feel and give to myself or others. It's something that comes through me. So that's why we emphasize so much in our practice, the kind of cultivation we cultivate the capacity to kind of unclench our automatic responses of resisting or doing or pushing or pulling so when we have a feeling we soften around it so it can flow through and that softening allows also presence to begin to flow through and when that vastness of presence that we experience in our meditation in our practice when then but that becomes when we begin to receive that into our being it's love and that is what heals we think that we are doing healing or we can fix this so we can analyze ourselves to to the you know the perfect uh, version of ourselves one day but all we can actually do is our part of unclenching so love can come in and do what it needs to do so in one way that falling apart that dismantling of menopause i the way i see it is what actually happens is that more of that can flow through us we actually are because our roles and masks are, are less rigid. We can't hold them together anymore. We, we literally are changing body, everything. Um, it allows something else to come in and do it and, and do and heal. Mm. He illuminate, heal. Mm. Yeah. 
what Alexandra always says about menopause is it's this wild love pushing through and it's yeah it's a deeply deeply uncomfortable painful terrifying sometimes and and it's love that is pushing through yeah she's so insistent on it I want to come back to that love because there were some beautiful things you said to Alexandra about that a kind of hunger that you had for yourself and I'd love to ask you about it but I just want to follow something that's moving in me which is I'm thinking of when I first found you and it was probably 13 years ago or something and I'd been in spiritual paths and traditions that were made by men for men I mean they all are really and I'd been so badly hurt by those experiences and I found you and the circle that we practice with and you were offering something that was um fresh on in our world a spiritual path for the feminine, you could say, or by women, for women, where we are, um, instead of trying to transcend our humanity, we're leaning into our physical experience, our emotions, we're, like you were saying, softening to allow the whole spectrum, rainbow of feelings and experiences to flow with, without identifying with it. So in that context, seeing menopause as such an incredibly important part of this body of work or or spiritual practice it's like the the motherland of it. it's the the great unclenching in that context yeah it is a kind of radical shift but it's kind of designed yeah it is designed to complete a life phase and and, and certain roles so even physically you know, her hormones are not any longer, the hormones that allows us to, to tend, you know, to family and children are literally not there in the same way anymore. So it is a shift of role that is happening on all levels. And for some, you know, it's more or less dramatic. It's not everybody who has a very dramatic, but, but everybody goes through a shift. It is a shift of, of identity for for you know most I mean everybody has to go through aging and and so in that sense it is a shift of identity and you know the this kind of that is the, the dismantling and the transformation that is part of menopause is also something that people experience through many life phases yeah when you even when you became a mother it was a it was a completion of your you know your identity before being a mother yeah so that's never going to come again you're never going to have that again that was ending and you became a mother and um and then some of us you know experience illnesses or loss or divorces you know it's it's oftentimes when 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 life as we know it changes or fall apart is actually an opening it's like a crack in the in the roles and the masks and identities that that allow that feels so frightening and scary because it's a loss of what's familiar but also that's where the the goddess path shows us that there is an there is an opportunity right there to know ourselves deeper than the roles and masks and identities that will that they come and go that's not who we are yeah, yeah they are hats we take on 
but eventually all of them will go. And who are we then? So these kind of transitions allows us to, to, to open more, be more receptive for a, a, a bigger self. Yes. If we are held in a right way, yeah, because it's also it's 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 both painful and traumatic and the possibility to, for transformation. So that's why it's like this kind of shamanic edge right there where you can be really burned or you can be really healed. Mm. Probably both. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a potent crossroad. Yeah. yeah. But you know, we are having those in smaller and bigger way throughout our lives. Yeah. yeah. I hesitate to say this because I haven't experienced menopause, so I can't speak to this. But my sense hearing people speak is when I had five years of very debilitating chronic illness, when I had four years of desperately wanting a child and it not happening. And now I'm coming to the end of my third year of just being completely smashed open by motherhood. I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on still. Most of the time, I'm stretched to my very limits by this creative act of parenting. And I have an amazingly curious, adventurous, strong-willed child who is, especially at the moment, just testing and testing and pushing. And and it's, you know, I look back at these, yeah, I do experience them at each of them as initiatory times. And I can just really relate to what people are saying going on in menopause because, I've had to face, well, in parenting my toddler, my own inner toddler, who, because it was the way of parenting at the time, wasn't allowed to feel. I wasn't allowed to feel. So when he feels his big feelings, she's kicking off and going, shut up, you don't get to do that. And I have to parent her at the same time as parenting him. I'm meeting, yeah, yeah, fierce parts of myself that are very difficult to reconcile. It's about being a mother, you know, not wanting to be a mother after all of this longing and it's mm-hmm. yeah so I'm I don't know what menopause is like but I do know what painful initiations are like and yeah it's, thank you for reflecting yes and I also want to reflect back to you Sophie it just struck me now where you think about the dharmic thread of you who are has led you to this seat that you're having right now yeah where you speak to all of these women going through menopause like you have a seat in the existence and, and history of time and the universe that's probably never been before mm-hmm. in that way that you are, you know, you're getting all of these conversations with all of this. So you get in, you're getting initiated in such a strong way at your age. And then you also have a microphone. So you get to share there's something very potent with the seat you're having right here. And it's and also like the way that you are doing with me now, documenting, oh, okay, one year one, year two. And think if we can document you from this time when you were meeting all of the menopause women and you're working with the menopause course and supporting these masters in the mapping the menopause. And then when you move in, you know, later into your 40s and to map it all out and see uh it makes me curious <laughs> what's just already what's you know flowing through you is just remarkable but now also when you are getting initiated in this this way <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I feel the potency of it you know that I was also in my th- early 30s I, I was part of a woman's group with a 
lot of women who were going through menopause or had gone through menopause. Mm. And I look back at that time, already when I was in at that time, I was aware that I am being initiated in a new, in just expanding my view on what menopause is and what um, what aging is. Because these women, I, I saw them blossom in front of my eyes. I saw them, I remember it was really annoying to relate to them because they would, they would follow their own rhythm in a way that was just so new and provocative to me. Like, are you allowed to just, you know, say no to that? Or like, but it, it, it initiated me into a freedom and sovereignty that I saw was coming. And then of course, when I went through menopause from the inside out, it's a very different experience than what I thought. Uh, but it changed the way I viewed, I look, looked forward to this time and how, how I went into it, for sure. I'm gonna pause this gorgeous conversation with Shamli for a few moments to invite you to join us for our live Menopause The Great Awakener course, which is starting on November the 3rd. It's for you if you are sensing menopause courting you, if you're in your 40s and feeling your cycle changing and sensing that menopause is on the horizon, feeling curious, concerned. It's for you if you're in the middle of the menopause process. It's also for you if, if you're on the other side of the menopause process and are looking to make sense of your experience. You can find out all about the course at redschoolmenopause.com. It's a journey through the five phases of the spiritual initiatory process of menopause. It's uh, like an embodied process of the Wise Power book that Alexandra and Shani wrote and published last year. Um, you get lifetime access to it when you join, so there are people that come back again and again, year after year. It's such a beautiful experience. You can find out all about it and take your seat at redschoolmenopause.com and we start on November the 3rd. As you've mentioned, your body's changing. How has this initiatory process of menopause, how have you experienced it through your body? How is your experience of your body different? Yeah. Yeah. The period itself, the like when I was in it, was very, uh, very challenging. I had anxiety for the first time since I was a teen, waking up in the night. You know, physically, it was very intense. It's interesting because I, I, I'm not sure when my menopause journey started and when it like ended, you know, with the bleeding. I actually had my last bleeding in a in the Kali temple in India. That's very fitting, isn't it? <laughs> and that was like one year after I had stopped bleeding and I did a, was in ceremony with the women in a small Kali temple in India. And I, I was bleeding for that one day. And that, and I could offer it to the goddess. And that was like so perfect completion. Um, and then it was very, yeah, I had a lot of challenges with my body. Uh, and now I feel, I feel very good in my body. I feel very balanced. Like there's a new mothering online in me in terms of, I'm really living in the rhythms that feel good to me. And that is quite antisocial in the sense that I, I like to go to bed like before eight o'clock. <laughs> and then I wake up, you know, before five o'clock. 
And my body is in bliss when I, if I have that sleep before midnight, I wake up in bliss. I just, this is like the best thing I can do for my body. And of course, it's a little bit hard to have a social life that way, but uh, <laughs> I choose to prioritize that for myself right now. Um, and uh, I work, you know, I, I do exercises, I dance, I, you know, I work, I do weight training, I dance twice a week. I, I, um, I feel very good, very balanced in my body. And I notice it. That's like I said, I wake up every day like, oh, it's peaceful. It's that sense of I am so aware of the contrast of how it felt like with when my nervous system was in this kind of activation and so out of balance. And this feeling when things are actually, when nervous system is regulated, it's just, oh, it's, it's, it's bliss. <laughs> it really is. So I'm just I like I say thank you a million times a day. Yeah, and the aging part, you know, the aging part, it's so clear to me that how I feel about my body or my looks, if I feel old or not, is all a state of consciousness. 100%. It's nothing objective about it because it can change. Like I feel beautiful or I feel old and have dry and gray. It's just a shift of consciousness, 100%. So I don't think it's so seriously, actually. Yeah, it's empowering to, to notice that and to be aware of that because it means that you don't have to kind of go into a frenzy of trying to change the appearance we know that if it comes from the same state of consciousness, it doesn't matter if you're young or old or like, you know, when I look at younger people now, all young people are so beautiful, you know, like everyone. So it's just ridiculous that any young person would feel like self-conscious of judging their looks because it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's, and it's the same, isn't it? Beauty It's also a state of consciousness. Beauty is a consciousness more than any specific object that we call beautiful. It really is a state of consciousness. You know, and those of us who have been in circle, we have it's such a strong transmission about that. Yeah, when, when we begin to wash our eyes clean and we come in contact with our deeper self, we begin to perceive beauty. Yeah, and we see the miracle of each woman and each form and each age and each... It's, there's there's beauty there's just beauty there's no it's not trapped in any specific definition mm. of beauty yeah oh if I could wish for one thing it would be that every single woman gets a, a chance to feel that transmission mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the whole story that the patriarchal society has put on us around beauty it's such bullshit yes oh I feel liberated to hear you speak can we speak about this love? Because when, when you're in conversation with Alexandra, you said um, that you were experiencing this kind of love that you'd never experienced for yourself before. You've you've spoken about it in this conversation with the compassion, but you had this hunger for yourself. And you described this moment. It was during it was your 50th birthday, I think you said. I think it was your birthday. And you went to Hawaii and you gifted yourself this time by yourself in Hawaii. And you were with the dolphins. 
for these couple of weeks and there was and it was kind of a honeymoon with yourself can you tell us about this because this sounds so yeah it was incredible it was also like a it was the pause from the war it was a sense of coming back to to myself nourishment and it was a sense of this so much had fallen apart already then but it was also this sense of newfound curiosity of, oh, if I'm not playing that role, what is what is here then? Like, what was it that I left behind when I was a small child moving into this role? What was it that I was leaving behind? So it, I have been speaking about that. Uh, layers of that was deep pain and deep, you know, terror and all of these parts. But deeper than that, there was this, innocence and beauty and it was this very intimate sense of me that came online that was like oh what do this what do I want what what does and it was this these three weeks in Hawaii was just a date between me and me in that sense of bliss wow and I you know I I I went down by a sunrise every morning, you know, and the dolphins came in. Sometimes I got to swim with them all alone, just me and the dolphins. And it was just the most amazing, amazing. It was like a honeymoon with me. It's such a curiosity about me. Like, what is, what is me deeper than these roles? And of course, my, like I said, my whole life has been about that, but there was, I was coming down into such a simplicity. It's the very, very simple sim- simplicity within me where things are very, very clear and very, very innocent, very magical, very creative, very tender, uh, very receptive, um, lucid perception, you know, really seeing colors. And, and then, you know, so I was in this place and and I remember my son, Shiva, he called me and he never called me. He was my stepson and he called me, he, you know, he, he, he didn't do that a lot, but he called me when I was there and he had made baklava with his girlfriend. And I remember I was so happy I was picking up and he uh, showed me this baklava. And then three weeks later, he died. So I was like in this bliss honeymoon, finally starting to kind of regulate a little bit after. And then it was almost like God has kind of filled up my well for another round. And that was the worst one yet. Yeah, the one I was just, um, yeah, where everything, you know, was down into the darkest, darkest, darkest of the dark. So all of it, 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 all of it. Mm. Mm. When you were speaking about that, that lucid seeing, another thing that you said to Alexandra was that now you're experiencing a lot more on the subtle realms in your practice and in your work, or you're working more in the subtle realms, like your relationship to your dharma and your calling has changed quite profoundly and a lot more is happening I think you mentioned with your ancestors and yeah could you speak to this the shift into the subtle 
that's happened happening happened for you mm-hmm. yes I have always I've always worked in the subtle there's more and a subtle that I mean also when you spoke about the full spectrum of feelings like the way I you know the kind of the landscape that I kind of practice in is to establish our awareness in the full spectrum from formlessness to form so that we really not as a belief or a concept a felt sense of the wholeness of who we are and what we are made of and what god and the divine is so a lot of the work has to do with receiving in and ascending the formlessness into form so we kind of weave presence into form into our feelings into body and after practicing you know so long like this the way i teach and and share is happening of course through words and action but my consciousness is like it's as if i my words and actions are waves that comes out of an ocean and a lot of my presence and work is in the ocean it's like in that kind of more vast sense of self and then bringing that into form and from there I access kind of the deeper, the root system also of the work that is on the visible surface. And I see that, oh, a lot of my work is, of course, to serve, you know, to the circle and create these spaces for women to retrieve their own intimacy with goddess. And I also see that, oh, this healing work that I'm doing within me, that is continuously, I'm, I'm constantly like I work with my mentor, she's giving me such, like we are, I'm doing work all the time, never finished. It's like, once you have an access to yourself that is bigger than your soap opera of me and my story, traditionally that would be kind of a way to begin to push away the personal self. The mm. goddess path is all about weaving, weaving, weaving all the parts into a whole wholeness. And I see that Yes, there's benefits. I've touched many people's lives, but also behind me in my ancestral lineage, there's thousands of women who are healed and changed by the healing work that I'm doing. Because I am, you know, if you think about my life as a thread in a big web, yeah, and I'm touching you and you are touching me. And then that web goes back in time and 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 you know into future so that when i kind of change if i kind of break a trance i i stop a behavior something that ends with me i see through illusions i see i wake up from oh patterns that it was given to me that whole thread kind of snaps and it kind of loosens up all the way back in time so sometimes i have a feeling that in one way all of this work that i'm doing may just be for First of all, it could just be for this soul incarnation as for me. My purpose is to heal this. And then also the women and and men, of course, my whole ancestral lineage. I do a lot of work because that is also a lot of people. It's not like that is a (laughs) kind of an individual, my little thing. It's yes. And of course, also now when we are living in the, in this time where there's so much uh, kind of on the surface, so much horror and warfare and division and opinions of 
who can contribute the most and the best way. And we are all a little confused of how to do that. I'm seeing more and more the importance of, of, of also taking a stand for the invisible work, for the subtle work, because that's just like what we see in the physical realm is just the surface of something much like a bigger root system. And wherever we have skills to contribute, we, we, you know, we should, it's like we are invited to take leadership of our thread. How can I best contribute? And in my life, I have spent my whole life training myself to be awake in a subtle. So that's where I do the most powerful work mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> wow. Well, that changes things. <laughs> Feeling I often feel people who listen to this podcast a lot will know that I often feel my grandmother Enid, my Welsh grandmother behind me. And to know that my practice is benefiting her, you know, this being who gave so much love to me, that changes things for me quite profoundly. Because you think about it, Edith and all the women before her, they gave birth to Sophie. They gave birth to this, to you, Mm. into this lineage and you with your skills and your, of course, your limitation, everything, but your platform and your passion and so of course they watch it like yeah <laughs> you know they got your back and finally someone breaking the patterns yeah when you when you uh feel that trigger in you and your you know your kid is you know so wild and full of energy and you feel that trigger of like ah we're not we don't do that yeah we're not allowed and then you hold yourself and you notice and you mother yourself and then all back in your lineage says like yes yeah because that's that pattern there that trigger and damping of the aliveness that didn't start with you that is something that all of those were trapped in yeah it's like oh that's how we should we have to keep them safe they have to fit into the patriarchy we have to dim their light we have to so when you just have one little glimpse of noticing that little glimpse is is light into that whole trance and you know it snaps <laughs> it's like i can feel the people listening uh relaxing mm-hmm. because what i keep hearing is it's trying to do this deep work that menopause is calling and then just demanding that we do alongside everything else that we're tending to in life and these big goals that we're striving towards because this hustle grind culture is just perpetually and it's like I can feel everyone going oh good I have permission for it to be for this healing here to be what it is for it to be enough isn't the right word but it's I can I can feel a kind of permission and like because you see that that thought system, that consciousness that says, oh, like, which I also had adopted is this, like, you have to serve the world, you have to serve everybody else, um, which is something I'm passionate about. Of course, we should contribute in all of these things. And then it's this thing that, oh, if you focus on you, that's too small, or that's like a selfish thing, or like you said, it's not, maybe it's not enough. All of that is part of the patriarchy. That is 
that is part of the trance we try to be free of. So when, you know, that's what you are hearing from me and so many of gone through menopause is this, when all of that kind of falls apart, what you begin to, you begin, it's, you begin to see things for what they are. It, you know, in, in Norse mythology, we have these, um, the trolls, yeah? And the fairy tales, the trolls, yeah? And the trolls, they have oh, these monsters and they have so much power, but what they don't tolerate is sunlight. If the sunlight shines on them, they pop. <laughs> and those are like those trans, it's those illusions we have, you see, that they are only real until the, we see them for what they are. So what happens is, and this is oftentimes kicking and screaming through menopause, but we are then forced to, we just fall into ourself. And then we have to go through all of those layers. Is this even allowed? Is this even healthy? Is this now am I greedy or selfish? Or like we have to go through all of that stuff, but there's no way to not do it. Yeah, because you're kind of forced in there. And then you begin, and then you begin to land in the place. On the other side of that, you begin to see that there's nothing selfish about all of a sudden you 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 land in in a truer and more undeniable connection with all things through landing into a deeper intimacy and truth with yourself you are initiated into a totality and an interdependence and a web and a contribution a longing to contribute that comes from a completely different place which has to include yourself because that kind of service to humanity if it excludes you 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 know and that's the that's the kind of the trap of that mindset that it creates division it creates a separation where you are, are left out and those part of you there are parts of you that is going to not like that and then they start to create resentments and expectations and all stuff in the shadow and and that that's where we live in the drama that is actually self created a lot of the times by our unwillingness to come into just needing what we need and to, you know, to come into honesty with what actually we want. Because, oh, want, oh, no, oh. And then once we do, once we forced to do it, <laughs> we land all of a sudden in a, a tremendous generosity that will never even consider to leave myself out of that generosity like it comes out of me being like mama's home in this building and she got me and she <laughs> takes care of me she's gonna guard me she's gonna prioritize me she loves me the most because she comes through this she loves you the most when she comes through you she is 100% going to prioritize my desires my joy and what happens in that all of a sudden, like we speak about filling our inner cup, it's not only to just take a bath sometimes or, yeah, now I feel a little bit more energy. Now I can leave myself again and serve. No, it's to fill, you, you land in the cosmic cup <laughs> that, you know, because you are willing to, I mean, willing or not willing, you're forced <laughs> to land into deeper intimacy with your own with your own beautiful human self. And then that's the wholeness that goddess speaks about. It's such a paradox. We think we're going to find her 
in kind of transforming our neediness or like become more shiny or something. And then it's just all true kind of a sticky descent into the kind of uncomfortable, clumsy, little desires and need and and then that becomes a window it becomes a door where you land in ah that's i can have the true nourishment if i'm not only willing to to be present with all of me and to yeah to come into honesty Mm. that things become so simple so simple Mm. (laughs) the the dark goddess was devouring you devouring devouring Mm -hmm. till kind of just became you and then this new holding rose up it's this yeah Mm. yeah 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 mama's in the building mama is home and it's it's it keeps going it keeps going just just yesterday I had you know I was doing a whole process again where there was another layer of neediness that I just don't didn't want to you know, now I'm feeling so good. I feel, and then it was like, I was pulled into another layer of integration. And again, every time I do, like I have this mentor, Chris, and she's just so provocative in the sense that she guides me into my desire and neediness. And I kick and scream and it's like, oh no, I don't do that. Like I serve the goddess. And, uh, and she holds me through all of that. And then every time I trust her and I land, through those layers, I land in a tremendous power, generosity, energy, uh, and simplicity and peace. It's like that kind of, I think that, oh, if I, f- I come closer to this feeling, I'm just going to be selfish. I'm going to, you know, but it's always through whatever we resist the most. <laughs> It's um, actually the door to what we mo- mo- most want. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's an adventure, isn't it? <laughs> we won't get bored. Oh, Shamali, if people listening are loving this and would like to connect with you more, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, awakening women, plural, awakeningwomen.com. That's where everything is happening. I also have a, a podcast, Living Goddess Podcast. Found, find it on every podcast uh, <laughs> platform. And then it's also Awakening Women on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I have every intention of seeing you in Corfu next year if it's happening. Yes, come, <laughs> come. We have this luscious retreat. We have had it. I think it's going to be the 18th year or I guess it was we had two years break with the pandemic but it's been an adventure we meet every summer for summer ashram in on the Greek island of Corfu so if anybody yeah you're warmly welcome to come there and of course if Sophie is there we all are going to be there <laughs> oh, everyone. Let's go. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me love yeah, it's been a total delight. Total. Delight. We'll keep documenting this <laughs> evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shamani. Thank you. Much love. Thank you so much for joining us. We would love to have you with us for Menopause, The Great Awakener. You can find out about it at Red School menopause.com we start on november the 3rd 
And I'll be with you again next week. And until then, keep living life according to your own brilliant rhythm.